1: Kevin Folger, and you are joining me today on Labor's the Harvest podcast. We're so grateful that you have come and to uh, be a part of what we are doing today. I'm having another conversation begin one today with a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Johnny Pope, and uh, we're so grateful that he has uh, taken time out of his schedule to be able to be with us today. Brother Pope, thank you for being part of Labor's the Harvest podcast. I am very happy to be here, Brother Folger. Thank you. Well, it's our honor to have you join us. I've Brother Pope, you and I go back a, a long ways. I'm, I'm thinking that we probably go back at least 30 years. At least, at least. I, I still remember the first time that uh, we had you at Cleveland Baptist. Uh, we were I was kind of, uh, I think, in the uh, situation where I either was becoming the pastor or was right before I became even the co-pastor, and we scheduled a Bible conference. And I think we had you and Brother Dave McCracken at Cleveland Baptist Church at the same yes. time. It was yes. quite a meeting.
2: <laughs> well, anytime it's with Dave McCracken, it's quite a meeting.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. You can't be around Brother McCracken without realizing you're in the presence of someone who's very unique. <laughs> there there you go, brother. <laughs> yeah, For sure. Well, we want to again say thank you for joining us today. And we're going to have a conversation a little bit about your life and your ministry. So again, if you don't mind just sharing with our folks and opening up a little bit, and let's talk about how long you've been in full-time ministry.
2: Well, uh, March twenty nine this past year. Would this year was uh, fifty one years preaching.
1: Fifty one yeah. years. So over five decades of being involved in the Lord's work. But you started fairly early. You were eighteen, a- 18. I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your first meeting. What was that like?
2: Oh, wow. Well, the very first meeting, the very first time I preached was at uh, a place called Baptist Evangelistic Temple, in the in. Um, in Leesville, Louisiana, not far from Fort Polk. I was attending college down there where my father was a professor. And uh, and then that's when I first preached on Easter Sunday, March 29th. And then my father uh, was really well-known and respected among the American Baptist Association, not to be confused with the American Baptist Convention. It's a group of people called Missionary or Landmark Baptists. And uh, so dad puts me out there and uh, puffs me. And uh, before I know it, I'm preaching a meeting here, preaching a meeting there, and then somebody comes from another church, and then they invite me, and so uh, when, I, uh, w- when I went up to Hiles Anderson, the day that Hiles Anderson opened, I'd already been preaching uh, around the country quite a, quite a bit for the American Baptists, yeah.
1: So uh, as, you, as you think about your life, you think about your, the ministry, uh, did you feel like maybe early on that God had just given you a, an unusual gift, or was it something that you really had to develop?
2: um uh, you know I, I looked at it at, at, at it all as it all is gifting i uh i always felt unworthy especially the early days like you know i, I remember preaching my first revival meeting down in lakeland florida that's where i was read most of my life um and so when i preached my first week of revival down there or actually the second revival the first one was with my uncle who's a pastor it was up at um uh, newport arkansas and then the second meeting was in florida and then I preached for a week and had about seven sermons well, then they voted to extend it. And I was really panicky. <laughs> and so I tell you what, I just knew every time I got in the pulpit and there were a lot of times, Kevin, I think, I don't know that I would teach this in homiletics, but there were so many times I had a text and that's all I had. And the Lord took over. I, I never suggest a young preacher to do that, You're but right. I, they asked me to preach some more and I didn't have anything else to say. So I just sometimes would take a text and the Lord blessed anyway, I guess he, he um, honored the fact that I would have done my best if I had some helps with me or some time to get prepared for it, you know?
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how uh, you, you have been pastoring a church now there in the Houston area. And and as you and I discussed prior to our recording, uh, you guys just celebrated your 40th anniversary there. Is that, that's a Sunday
2: we, we did. Yes. We started actually in January of 1981, but we didn't charter till the 9th of August, and we usually would celebrate from the time that I started preaching as a pastor. But we have been, we had two COVID cancellations before that. This was the third try, and I said, "Well, let's do it on the charter Sunday." Mm. And I tell you, Kevin, we almost didn't make it because. I tested positive for COVID yesterday. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I think COVID is something that's going to go down in the history of uh, of uh, our lives of oh yeah one of those things in which you know nobody saw it coming, and once it got here, nobody knew how to handle it, and I'm not sure we still right. know how to exactly navigate it, other than just we have to live our lives.
2: Right, exactly right. That's all we can do. Uh, No wonder the Bible tells us, you know, to to, uh, boast not thyself of the morrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth, or say, if the Lord will, we shall do this or that.
1: Yes, sir. Well, let's talk a little bit about this, uh, the church that you pastor now. Um, Yeah. So it's 40 years, but you, when you came, it was uh, kind of, I think, as you shared with me, it was kind of like a church plant out of a church.
2: That's exactly right. It was a mission endeavor out of the Greenwood Village Baptist Church where Dr. Harold Clayton, who, by the way, was with us last Sunday night. He's about 90 years old now. And um, yeah, it was a mission that actually had failed. And uh, I'm really humbled to tell you what I'm about to tell you. I was teaching up at college in, in Indiana, and I, um, I, the best I can describe it, I, I felt as though I were a shepherd without any sheep. I was an evangelist preaching all over the country but I just had this insatiable desire to pastor. So there were four, op- three opportunities that came and, and, and uh, two of them were excellent. One of them was even more excellent and I was ready to take it. Within 48 hours of telling them would I or wouldn't I, I got a call from Harold Clayton and here's the way he starts the conversation. Brother Pope, I don't know why in the world I'm talking to you right now other than the fact that my wife won't leave me alone. I said, what? (laughs) And he said, my wife keeps dreaming that you are supposed to come down here and pastor this mission. You know, more or less, if you don't come, it's it's toast. It's over. We're going to not try it. But I don't know other than I just got to get my wife to leave me alone about this. So I, I was, I was always wanting a man from Macedonia, not a little four foot nine woman from Macedonia. (laughs) So that's how it got started. Matter of fact, she was in the services yesterday, I think 91 years old. And God kept speaking to her heart that I was supposed to come. I had preached for many, many years for Dr. Clayton in their youth camp and in their Bible conferences. And those were great Bible conferences. And, and I, I was really surprised when he called me immediately I knew, but yet I wanted to know for sure in my heart of hearts. And so I fasted and prayed for a few days. And then November of 1980, Barbara and I went down and uh, we just knew it. And here we are.
1: So when you showed up there, things were pretty rough, though.
2: Yes, it was. It it was. You know, I've said this before. People have asked, did you start from scratch? I said, no, it was worse than that there were 60 people on the first day that i i opened up in january 18th 1981 60 people i thought oh okay we can go with this in a rented building we were paying rent on it On the way out dr clayton said brother pope i need to tell you most everybody here is going back with me it really never took off out here i said oh okay next sunday 15 i preached hard got it down to five and that was my family so (laughs) it was amazing So we had to pay uh, the rent on the building. We were paying on property we had not yet built on. We were paying about $220,000 with the plans that we never were able to use. And I'm I'm careful with this, but I even think that the earliest um, um, stewardship of our money Uh, there was some embezzling involved. So uh, there was an amazing trial at that time. I mean, when I say trial, the trial of your faith, because it was never proven. uh, The man that was kind of the caretaker of that uh, said, you know, you can't make it without uh, uh, the help of the Mother Church. I said, well, we're going to have to take that chance. And so we, we um, we never went into debt. After that, we were able to meet all the bills and that we give God praise and thanks for that.
1: Well, of course. And uh, I I think that in many respects, we have to see those miracles uh, or, you know, we we don't learn to trust the Lord until we see that I can't do this. Nobody can do this. It's only God who can do this. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Yeah, I've said before, Jesus said upon this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So I try not to interfere with him. And uh, I've just try, trying to be his uh, servant because he's building the church Amen. sometimes not only through us, but thank God in spite of us.
1: Right. So the church has now been renamed, and it's been relocated, and um, it's the Christ Church Baptist Fellowship in Houston, Texas. Is that
2: correct? Yes. Yes, it is. And I'll tell you, I have received a little grief from that, because that's not your normal name for a fundamentalist independent Baptist church, which we are, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but what happened was, when we uh, were the Northwest Greenwood Village Baptist Mission, we moved into Preston with the build, and so we were Prestonwood Baptist Baptist. So then we were now in a conundrum because when we bought the property that we're on right now, um, we would have had three subdivisions in our name and address. We would have been the Prestonwood Baptist in the Greenwood Forest subdivision on Champion Forest Drive. And so I just said to the deacons, I said, there's an old, old English name, uh, and we're going to, I think we should maybe consider that. And we're not going we're inextricably linked with Christ. So let's not, not put any space between Christ and church because we want to make sure the Baptist name is there and church is already in it. So we'll close out with fellowship. Let's try Christ Church Baptist Fellowship. And my intentions were totally well. But uh, as I look back now, I kind of wish we had gotten Calvary Baptist because J.B. Buffett was a great mentor of mine in Lakeland, Florida. And I would have loved to have that. But, you know, in Houston, you got First Baptist, Second Baptist, Calvary Baptist, Grace Baptist. You got a few Baptist churches here. Sure, a few. So nobody has our name. No, no other church has <laughs> our name. So, but I, I do like what one man said. He wrote me a letter not long after we put the sign up. He said, I saw the name of your church and I know what you're saying. So that's been all, always the theme of our church since we renamed it over 21 years ago. Sure. His love, his church, no, his love, his grace, his church for it's his church, not our church. Yeah. Amen. Well, wow, That's great.
1: Well, let's yeah. um, digress a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about your, your wife and family. Where did you meet your wife?
2: Met my wife in Hammond, Indiana. She was born and reared up in Hammond and was a little Sunday school girl. And her mommy was Sunday school teacher and her dad was uh, a bus driver and uh, quite, quite a man of God himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you folks have been married how long? 47 and a half years of december will be 48 years
1: well you know obviously being a man who has pastored a church and been in ministry uh, 43 years now for myself but um Uh i'm thinking about how important it is that we have a good woman that walks by our side it no no question that the need of a pastor is to have a wife there's no question about that what a blessing
2: and she's been our church pianist all these many years and it's I feel like it's been a team that God designed, and I'm just so thankful. And as I think a lot of men would say about their own wives, but I really did marry above my pay grade. Yes, yeah.
1: sir. And, <laughs> and and how about your children? How many children do you have? And let's have talk four, about a little bit about grandchildren. On top of that,
2: four four kids, and we have 13 grandkids, and. Uh, I would like to tell you about the 14th one, but I'm, I'm, I'm into secrecy right now.
1: All right.
2: By the, by the time this is aired, air, air, God willing, everybody will be knowing.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, we'll just keep our mouth. Yeah. Uh, we won't say a thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. So are, are your children uh, living near you there? Or are they kind of spread across we, the country?
2: Yeah. We have two kids that live near us and we have the other two kids, one in Tulsa and, and the other in North Carolina. Okay. And uh, for yesterday, all, Four of the kids were with us and we had two of the kids and uh, one of the in-laws in the choir and the other two kids were playing in the orchestra the violin and the cello so wow. it's really nice yeah
1: uh, how blessed what a blessing that is yeah. you know
2: that was a, a great uh, it was a surprise I didn't know that they were all going to be down here yeah
1: yeah you, there's there's nothing like having your kids uh, around you and specifically you know being a part of the, the work whether they're with you all the time to to worship together have the same common faith and then see your grandkids growing up that way as well
2: i have no greater joy remember that than to hear that my children walk in the truth yeah praise be to god yes sir well
1: i'm going to uh uh digress even further if we can let's talk a little bit about your early life um where Uh were you
2: born uh i was born in the baptist hospital in little rock arkansas I'll tell you something a little humorous. I've had fun with this. I've said I went to a Baptist church nine months before I was born. Mm-hmm. I was born in the Baptist hospital. It was on a Wednesday night that mother went in, no joke, and shows you how far, long, how long ago it was. There was no air conditioning in the Baptist hospital in Little Rock, so they cracked the window so mother could have a little air on that July night, and mother said the last thing she remembered was the Baptist church across the alley was singing Just As I Am, kevin i responded to an invitation and i came just as i was a baptist invitation yeah
1: oh that's great
2: dad was even preaching of a revival in a baptist church on the night i was born Yeah. yeah
1: well it's it's wonderful to have that kind of heritage so
2: you know it really is yeah so
1: what was your home like when you were growing up was it i think you mentioned your father was in ministry was he was he pastoring teaching in the college what was he doing
2: yeah daddy uh Daddy was uh, really a church planter and a college teacher, and so he would teach college and ch- plant churches while he did that, and he was an amazing man. He really was. Uh, when I was nine months old, we moved to Washington, D.C., and Dad started the first Baptist church of District Heights, and that's still going on. Um, uh, over the years, things changed a little bit. Now it's a predominantly Black church, but that's uh, the area where I was saved, and that's where I was baptized. And uh, then Daddy would just venture out from there. He was going to start a seminary there. And um, but but he started a church in Dover, Delaware, Alexandria, Virginia, uh, North Plainsville, New Jersey, Hershey, Pennsylvania. And he would just plant these churches. And here's a for instance, the church he planted in Dover, Delaware, I preached in a, a mission which became a church off of the church Daddy started, uh, Capital Baptist Church. And there, they were running 800 when I preached a revival there.
1: Wow, that's it's an amazing wow, that's... thing.
2: And then Dad went down and taught in Florida Baptist Institute and Seminary in Central Florida, in Lakeland, Florida. And then he started a church, Metalone Baptist, in, in uh, Lakeland, and then another church, Cross Bayou Baptist, in Pinellas Park. Another church in Gainesville. Another church down in uh, Lake Okeechobee and Clewiston. He he kind of restarted that one. And a few more uh, might be a losing count out of the church. He did this in Louisiana when daddy was pastored in the 1940s out of the church. Dad started in Shreveport, Louisiana, Central Baptist Church, 275 churches came out of that.
1: Wow, that's amazing well yeah, we're going to wrap up.
2: has been under the radar yeah
1: yeah well we're going to come back and we're going to talk about a little bit more about that next week so let's go ahead and wrap up today's conversation i want to say thank you to okay. our listeners for being a part of uh labors and the Harvest. and certainly want to thank my my guest uh dr johnny pope uh to being with us today but we're going to continue on our conversation next week so thanks again for joining us and we hope that you'll come back
0: Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest.